When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery available in Regina at sassbeardelivery.ca. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's only frozen face podcast <laughs> i'm joel gaston with john fraser as usual as uh, we are back from admittedly a longer than expected hiatus yeah um, life just kind of happened things just kind of kept happening and uh we just never really got i think we talked a couple of times about doing this and then we never really did and whatever but i mean the timing could not have worked out better for us to finally return to this podcast because of course there is no better day than to make John Fraser talk a lot than the day he had to have a dental procedure done. Really. The, 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 the best part about this, to peel back the curtain, I can tell you have something good for the intro that you're waiting to surprise me with when you don't tell me what the intro is going to be. Like, it's one of my favorite things of a preamble is <laughs> I just know you're coming from left field. So, uh, yeah, my face finally started feeling normal less than an hour ago i would say like uh, until then i just it was routine i just i have i I have some close together molars uh through covid i'm like one of those guys six months i'm at the dentist i'm there every six months check me out get my teeth fixed i hate getting fillings and stuff but lo and behold you don't go two years and you drink a shitload of beer you get a cavity um so like they like i've never been so numb from having a cavity and just like a molar, right? And even now, I can actually tell here while talking to you, I still have some drag on that side of the face. But I walked out of there and I'm like, uh, so I say to the dentist, I said, well, when will this wear off? I'm podcasting tonight. He goes, by mm, supper time? <laughs> supper time comes, I'm still not really eating because I can't feel the left side of my face. And then uh, here we are recording earlier than normal as you have an early uh, work day. And uh, yeah, no, my face is still very much paralyzed. I, I it was snow blowing today. Saw my neighbor Ralph, and uh, Ralph kind of gave me a weird look as I was talking to him. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not drunk at 1 p.m. I just had a filling put in. So if I sound a little weird, well, it might be the uh, the beers I'm drinking now, but I- I'm still gonna blame the freezing in my face because yeah, it's it's. It, I thought we were fine during the preamble. I'm like, okay, I'm good, but I still it still feels weird. Like things still feel not quite right in my face right now. Well, it's when you go to actually like turn on the voice rather than just you know talking that it i guess it it amplifies that a little bit i guess well no that's it yeah when you're (laughs) yeah when you're projecting from the guts and actually forming words with your mouth it's it's it it still feels numb it feels weird uh i would not recommend 
doing a dental procedure on the day you're podcasting. It, I do not recommend it at all. Well, I'm, I'm still glad we made you go through this. And in fairness to me, this was your choice. You picked this day. So, I mean... That's that's true. <laughs> that's that's fair. And it was either it was either today. I but I totally forgot. I'm one of those guys that like the, the dentist I go to. You're booking like I I had a cleaning and checkup in December. They're like, Kate, the next available date we can get you in for a filling is like February. And I'm like, okay, let's schedule it on my day off. One of my days off in February, and I'll be fine. And when I talk to you. On Monday, I believe, about doing it tonight mm -hmm. rather than yesterday because I was curling. Uh, I still forgot I had a dentist appointment. I thought you said something like you told me, though, that you had one and that you were going to be off and that it was it was going to work out fine. And... Uh, I, 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 I was trying to um, do that thing where we lie to the listeners and uh, <laughs> kind of make myself sound goofy. But no, you're right. Here we go. As you called yeah. me out on it. Yes, I did tell you. I did not expect, though my face to be this frozen this long this is the longest i've ever had my face frozen from a dental procedure it's weird and i don't like it hmm. oh that's probably enough talk about your face that's that's that's, that's... <laughs> because hey, you know podcasting is not... a visual medium so you know it's all right good. at least it's not my equip monk again because then we get complaints <laughs> i yeah. did shave my back last night didn't really need to know that <laughs> <laughs> if we're being honest <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to, you know, we said a quip monk. I didn't want to talk about, you know, how I'm keeping that anymore because Manscaped is no longer on as a sponsor. Uh, but definitely wanted to mention the joys of shaving one's back. I was actually, I was going to text you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you and I are open book with just about everything. But it was one of those times I'm like, this almost feels weird to text Joel. But, like, I feel like I need to tell him the joys of shaving your own back and how good it feels. Hmm. I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, right. <clears throat> but. But you should try it. Uh, like I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen your back. Uh, tarp you would, offs. You would remember if you did. Trust me. <laughs> Why is it so sexy? You got some bad tattoo back there or something? No, there's no tattoos. But uh, at a cottage trip with some friends once, I was nicknamed Wolverine. So we'll, we'll <laughs> so leave it at that. You shave your back. <laughs> no, that's good. It makes it, like, there's hey, there's nothing wrong with a hairy back. But I can tell you. The, the the using the back blade they're not even sponsoring us but using this back blade thing it's like you just like it feels great you just like purr it is like the best back scratch ever so and and because you're wolverine it would all grow back so okay so now the funny thing is when i do see you next time i am definitely going to try to see you from the back with your shirt off as long as it's just my shirt <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want any farther than that. Like, 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 maybe after curling or something, or you know, I'll just sneak into the spare bedroom there and, hi, Joel, I want to see your back. I, I, I usually try to work off something you say into transitions, and I, I really got nothing right now. That's right. <laughs> and it has been my goal to somehow make the weirdest shit I could say that you're stumped. After four years, I've finally done it. Yeah, so, um, of course, CFL free agency well underway at this point. Uh, the Riders making some moves, some big moves across the league, and all of that to discuss and more, as usual. But before we get to all that, for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, because they still like us and we still like them. Yes. John, what is in the glass this week? Uh, well, in the glass this week is the Blackbridge Brewery. Oh, God, I can't say brewery. Oh, Blackbridge Brewery. Um, it's the New England IPA from Blackbridge. Um, Blackbridge is fine. Brewery, not so much. Uh, so as I left the dental office today, I was parked down by Prairie Sun on Broadway in Saskatoon. 
And with my face numb, drool literally coming out of one side of my mouth, I threw my mask on and went in and bought some beer. So I That is beer. another advantage of the mask, I guess, is because if you went in there, if you were in a situation in there where you weren't wearing a mask, they might not have served you. Oh, no. It was like a 100% <laughs> conscious decision. I walked in and I'm like talking out of one side of my mouth and... I'm like, hi, I'd like to buy this beer, and I was definitely glad I had a mask, and uh, so after buying that beer, I also continued down Broadway and picked up donuts from Nutana Bakery, because what's the best way to celebrate a cavity <laughs> is with some sugary donuts, but <laughs> uh, Blackbridge, always good. Uh, you mentioned the Uno IPA uh, is back. I saw some mm -hmm. social media posts about that, but uh, the New England, nice and hazy. Uh, as it kind of feels like spring in Saskatchewan. I wanted something light, hazy, that tastes like summer, and the New England IPA is very good for that. Absolutely. Uh, for me, uh, Frost is going on in Regina right now, a little bit of an attempt at a winter festival. Lots of fun with, with that great curling game, by the way. That was entertaining <laughs> as hell. I yeah, love that. Yeah, I think we definitely have to talk about that, like, just for okay, a second yeah. here, because that's, you know, hashtag 8N Nation. We should probably right. discuss when we're going to do that because it's usually between the Scotties and the Briar, but we're in that zone right now. But the Briar is still weeks away, so right. And, and with the Olympic, <laughs> I feel like I feel like we bring on other Haji and do it after maybe the Olympics. Probably that that was because I my feel thought. like there's lots to talk about in terms of like the Scotties was great. It was entertaining as hell. Yeah. Mixed doubles fiasco, and then we'll have men's and women's results. So I'll I'll text Colin and we'll sort that out. But um, yes, hashtag Eight N Nation. That was I. I was. It was so dumb that it was fun. That's, and, and <laughs> all the players seemed to embrace it and yes. embrace the stupidity of it. Like even Kevin Cooey himself seemed to like crack a smile every once in a while. I couldn't. I couldn't believe that. So <laughs> I. So I was glad that I found out there was this live stream of the outdoor yeah. curling event. My skip Luke texted me, and I turned this on. It was a slow Saturday at work. And seeing these guys, like, the best part was nobody was bitching about the ice conditions. No. Like, all, like having the fans right beside them, that VIP area, was also super cool. Like, and, and like, nobody bitched. Like, they no. had to put a towel down in the hack so these guys could, could push off. Nobody bitched. They had to sweep the ice because it was snowing. <laughs> nobody bitched. Like, they embraced it. There was tunes going. At first I saw it, I'm like, this is a dumb idea and I hate this. But then watching the way that Team Dunstone and Team Cooey embraced it, made it a ton of fun, and just rode with it, like, mm -hmm. I think it, I think it, I think it took them a couple of ends to kind of get in, a couple, two to three ends to kind of get into the groove of what this was right. and how to make it, you know, work to a degree. And not even necessarily from, like, a good curling perspective, just from a, okay, what are we doing here perspective. Right. <laughs> and, well, then, and then it turned out, it turned out great. It was fun. It was fast. And yeah, I, I, I would watch something like that again. But I think there's also some merit to being sort of a a, a fun one-off that maybe we just fondly remember instead of, you know, constantly go, keep going down that well, like say the NHL Winter Classic. Right. No, that's 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 fair. But I feel like if you like, it was a really cool opportunity to see the big personalities of some of these curlers, mm -hmm. and and if Team Cooey, who is notoriously one of the most serious tight tight-knit, tightly wound teams on the tour can go out there and have a ton of fun. I'd love to see other teams do it. Plus, um, you were at work and spotted Maddie Dunstone picking up some supplies. The guys were crushing some beers. Like, it was just, like, to me, I don't, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see it happen more than once a year, but I think the momentum you have from that maybe, one. Like, maybe, maybe it's a every four-year thing where you, uh, 
you run it during this time between the Scotties and the Briar where you have that longer break during the Olympic break. Right. And then right. it's there as a sort of a fun little thing. And maybe you move it around, you do different places, you do whatever, but I don't know. It's fun. I, I would love to, if they do bring it back next year, um, it went from something I had no interest in attending to something <laughs> I'm like, okay, next year I'm booking the weekend off. I'm coming down to hang out with you and we're going to be in the front row uh, watching outdoor curling on natural ice. Cause anybody that's curled on natural ice, I think, I think that was the cool thing too. Everybody that was watching that has curled, uh, whether it be, you know, a small town curling club. Like I've curled an angle felt, I grew up curling in Atacokan. Like that's all natural ice. Like, you're throwing like peel to get a guard. No wonder I can throw it so damn hard as um <laughs> as an adult. Um, I mean, the tartan was like that towards the end, even so. <laughs> oh right, exactly. <laughs> the tartan, so... the, the tartan, it took like three ends for the weight to get the normal. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's and that's kind of the beauty of it. I think everybody that's curled could relate. Um, to a degree, it was it was kind of cool seeing these guys look a little human. Mm-hmm. Um, and just embracing it and having fun. So I I think. If you can find a way to make it happen next year, uh, if you can find your teams that are going to do it, uh, yeah, make it happen. I I, I definitely want to attend. It, 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 the whole feed's on YouTube. It, it's a cool, like, to me, I would definitely, I'd watch it again. Like, I'd, mm-hmm. it's just, it's dumb, yeah. it's fun. Uh, our boy DT did a great job of the interviews when he could, when you could tell those guys were definitely in one, as they would say. Mm-hmm. So, with that in mind, I have the Frost Red Winter Wheat Ale from Rebellion. That? That I keep seeing it. I, I keep wondering about it. It is phenomenal. This is okay. I'm, I'm on my second four pack that I've bought of this already. So that's... oh shit, and that's rare for you. You you rarely go back to back. Yeah, with seasonals, I you know, I mean, this is usually you run out of time. You're trying different things, but yeah, like, well, the truth of the matter is, I drank four of them in a relatively short period of time once, and. Uh, Jenny wanted to try them and didn't get a chance to, so that gave me an excuse to buy uh, another four pack. So, so what is it like? Is it like a, is it like a red? Yeah, so it's a red ale. Um, it's it kind of starts a little bit like their amber. Okay. Maybe a little bit more bite than normal, but then there's a nice sort of citrus finish to it on the back, which is oh, kind of nice. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's very, very different. Very. Uh, it's one of I would say one of my favorite seasonals from Abelian in a long time. Wow. Because I, I know I keep looking at it, and I'm such a big fan of either uh, the Pile of Bones Red Ale mm-hmm. or even the the Amber from Rebellion that, yeah. that comes in now, the Costco pack. Mm-hmm. That when I see a Red Ale, I generally, I'm like, eh, I've already got lots of favorite ones, especially the Pile of Bones one. Like, I cannot, me- like, that is my favorite Red I've ever tasted. Yeah. Um, but no, okay, I'm going to have to try it because I've seen to, it, yes. I've been intrigued, and now that you tell me it's a little different, it, like 100%, i got to give that a whirl. Yeah, no, it's not just like you see sometimes breweries, you know, repackage beers for events, but it's just, you know, their normal beer repackaged. This is not right. This is not what this is. All right, well, I know, I know there's a bunch of it in Saskatoon. I'm going to have to pick some up tomorrow. Who may or may not be picked up tomorrow, we don't know because that's ah, tomorrow. But uh, CFL Free Agency is, of course, underway. Um... Sort of, I think, the big story for the Riders, at least coming into free agency, was more so, again, who wasn't going to be back and the apparent lack of action in the eyes of some from Rough Riders general manager and uh, Jeremy O'Day. Right. And and here's what I'll say, and this is, I know there's been a conversation that's been going on for a little bit from some different people and different angles. And I understand fans are of course anxious and you know, they don't like to see their players leave and all that, mm-hmm. but this is what Jeremy O'Day does. He clearly, 
He's methodical. He has his plan. I believe he probably has his internal budgets by position and he sticks to them. Right. And so, you know, and if you want to talk about, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll open with who was out the door, of course. And that was, right. you know, last year there was lots of talk about Cam Judge. I think rightfully so at the time, a lot of talk about Cam Judge and Charleston Hughes. Both of us weren't really too concerned about the loss of Hughes, but that's neither here nor there at this point. Right. Then, of course, this year, you know, Micah Johnson, um, admittedly, you know, a big loss, but I don't think irreplaceable at this point. I would um, agree. Just because, just frankly, you know, his age and how beat up he is, at some point, you know, that cliff is coming for him, whether, you know, we like to admit it or not, it's it's coming. Mm-hmm. And that's just the, that's just the fact of football. Um, Luchas Pirafoy is, of course, a loss, but, you know, we don't know the full story there. There's, of course, some off-field sort of stuff that happened late in the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and quite frankly, players have the option to leave, too, if they want. This isn't, you know, it's a two-way street. It's not necessarily always the team that doesn't want a player back. So you always have to keep that as an option open as well. Then, of course, Ed Ganey, who we said they should have let go like two years ago. That's right. Who had a bit of a resurgence last year. Yeah, he, he did. To his credit, he played better in 21 than he did in 19, but... You know, again, not at a level that I would say they are going to necessarily miss all that much. And then, of course, John Ryan as well. But that's that's a whole other barrel of fish that maybe we can get into later if we want to um, about why he is no longer with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. But in the end, we'll put it we'll put it this way: when we're talking about Jeremy O'Day, he clearly, I think, it's starting to become clear that maybe he has an eye when it's time to let go of a guy. He hasn't been burned on it so far. And, no, and, and he, like he's unlikely to continue to bat 1,000 at this. Right. But if you look at the play, we, you can go back to just last year even, and, you know, we, you know, there's a lot of talk about Charleston Hughes and Cam Judge. And, I mean, Hughes fizzled out in Toronto. Yep. Um, my guess is he's probably not going to be signed anywhere. He might retire. Right. Um, and then, you know, Cam Judge is still, you know, I, I admittedly didn't watch him that closely in Toronto last year, but the fact that he's in Calgary now um, kind of tells me, okay, I mean, clearly they weren't as enamored with him as we were in Saskatchewan the year before. Right, for so... a ratio-breaking position like that. And and, and, and two, I, I think, I don't fault Jeremy O'Day for the Cam Judge thing at all because he no. released Cam Judge to go try out in the NFL. It's, it's tough when that guy comes back from the NFL. I get it. It was the pandemic year, blah, 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 blah. But it's tough when that guy comes back from the NFL because anybody can sign him and anybody with the deepest pockets can, you know, depending on what your salary cap situation is so close to a season or after you've just lost a bunch of money. Like I I don't even fault him for letting Cam judge go. That was a NFL bounce back that he didn't come back to Saskatchewan. So I still say he's, he's batting a thousand. Um, Maybe Purifoy is the one guy that I think uh, he might be the one guy that he's released so far that, might make him feel it but if that's a year I, I would two... have we would have to know the story behind right. that whether you know if he made an if you know if the team made attempts to try to keep him and there was no interest or whatever the case may be before I you know put that on one side of the ledger or the other because if if it's a scenario and I, I don't have any inside knowledge about whether this is true or not but if it's a scenario where you know Luches Purifoy was saying no I'm done here no matter what then that's not really on Jeremy O'Day right and I I think it goes back to the positional budget thing. Cause I was talking to Greg from the Piffles podcast mm-hmm. and he cited sources that said that Purfoy was given an offer, but not the kind of offer that he expected. Yeah. Um, and again, it comes down to O'Day and positional budgets, but it, there's one thing through the Jeremy O'Day 
years that we've learned. Like he keeps it close to the chest. Like there's not leaks. There's not, you're not finding out about guys signing two, three days in advance. And the thing I love about uh, the way that O'Day runs things, it's like his decision is made before the tampering window opens. Like, and, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, that that is both fair to player and team. He tells guys, here's your contract, take it or leave it. Or, Hey, we're moving on. Yeah. And he tells them that early so they can land someplace else. And I think a lot of players respect that. I mm-hmm. respect that he has a plan and isn't flying by the seat of his pants and sees something shiny and goes after it. So, yeah, it was almost funny that 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 everybody was ripping him for for doing this and doing that. And next thing you know, he's a hero because Derek Moncrief's coming back. Like, yeah, and I mean that was a great signing. Of course, the Duke Williams resigning was huge as well. Oh, so, both of them. Yeah, so I mean he's 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 made some moves, and I think it was you know as they made do with the linebackers last year with what they had. No offense to Dion Lacey or Micah, Micah Tights, but I mean there was an upgrade that was needed there because I think if we you know we're talking about, I mean even we can go back. And this includes Micah Johnson now at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, we know for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to get over the hump in the CFL's West Division and make the Grey Cup, in one way or another, they're going to have to go through Calgary and Winnipeg. Yes. And what do Calgary and Winnipeg boast, even with Andrew Harris signing in Toronto, is very strong run games. Yes. Because we've seen the Riders defensively have success against good running backs, i.e. William Stanback, but not necessarily good running games, as we've seen against Winnipeg and Calgary. Right. So for as good as Mika Johnson was for this team, and how as impactful as he was for this team, and how important as he was for this team at times, those teams still gashed them with him on the field. Yes. So clearly a change had to be made there. I think... You know, the the conscious decision, and frankly, the team was getting a little old, too, in spots, was to get probably younger and faster in the middle there to try and compete with that, and then beef up your linebackers to make sure that if they get through, there are guys there that'll make the tackle. Well, and it's so much harder. Like, to me, the two most replaceable positions in Canadian football, and I mean this of no disrespect to any, any players that play these positions, mm-hmm. are, like, American receiver... And defensive lineman. Yeah. It just, it seems, it seems that there's so many of these guys, you know, that you can go out and Well, find... the, the most replaceable is the American running back. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that, that is well, <laughs> too. Like, that's, it's, it's just funny. It's, that's like a dime a dozen, especially the way the game's played these days. But especially, like, defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, unless you're a guy like Willie Jefferson that, that, that is a cheat code of the position, that is just a complete freak of nature. It seems like teams are always able to dig these guys up, and Saskatchewan has done a very good job of doing that, right? So I have faith in O'Day that although he's let some of these guys go, he's like, let Mika Johnson go, he has an idea, right? So pay up for the linebackers, which is a harder position seemingly to fill, you know, especially, I mean, you're bringing back tights, which is a a ratio-breaking position at that. So to me and and Larry Dean we're going to get to see what he's yeah. going to get to do you know in green and white next year so uh, i i like the way that Oday runs things and i know lots of people are antsy about this being a great cup year and i've said it that they should just use the salary cap as a suggestion but i don't know if there's anybody out there that 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 could fill some of their greatest needs that they haven't already signed no and because i mean you know, I think Larry Dean was a bigger signing maybe than, than you know, sort of what has been what's happened and what's been reported and, you know, who signed what, where and everything. Right. And I think it's also important to remember, too, that, you know, for as fun and as flashy as free agents, you know, the first couple of days of free agency is, Grey Cups aren't won on this day. No. 
Like how active? Unless it's how the 2013 riders. Yeah, and even then, I mean, the core <laughs> was already there. But right. Anyway. It, it was just they went out and opened <clears throat> up the checkbook and said, "You and you and you and you." Yeah, and but I mean, if you go back to this day last year, you know, I don't remember the Winnipeg Blue Bombers being all that active. No, the they Cal- the, the, Cal- Cal- the Calgary Stampeders are never active on day one. No. So, I mean, no. I think they were a little bit last year because of some, you know, different roster situations that they're not usually in that they were. But for the most part, through their years where they made the Grey Cup every freaking year, they they didn't really do anything on day one. So, and yeah, and I, I think right now the biggest problem for the Riders might actually be Jonathan Woodard going to the NFL all of a sudden out of nowhere. Right. Like, yeah, just yes. on the eve of free agency, boom, he's gone. You're like, oh, okay. But, as you said, I think we've, you know, I think at least defensively, the team, Jeremy O'Day, you know, Paul Jones, his whole team had, you know, shown that they are capable of finding American defenders that fit into what they are doing. Because, you know, when I, I talked about this with you and I talked about this with Dan Plaster as well, that I think there's, there wasn't really a, other than perhaps Duke Williams, even then I think they could have found ways around it. There I wasn't, there was there wasn't really necessarily a must resign for this team. And there wasn't necessarily a must go out and get for them because there frankly wasn't a stud offensive lineman on the market. Right. And so, you know, kind of whatever happened happened because I think as a unit, the riders aren't really built around one or two players. They are very much a structure, a system, you know, a team where all the piece, all the pieces kind of work together and, you find the pieces that fit that puzzle more so than just going out and getting good players. Right. The only, the only, and you're completely right, but I do disagree with you with Duke. I just think I, 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 they needed some kind of impact receiver. It didn't necessarily have to be Duke Williams, but it had to be someone. Right. I think Duke is one of those Willie Jefferson style players that, uh, breaks the position a bit. Uh, and I say that because he Because he can recover onside kicks. (laughs) (laughs) you know how i feel about special teams you know i love my special teams um but no a big part of that is the fact that he is extraordinarily fast and yet like big and mean and strong like like duke williams against any defender in the cfl duke williams is probably stronger and bigger than that guy and the chemistry he showed with cody it was just like this this rider's offense looked looked very different with Duke in there and that was kind of the position that 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 Shaq was the year before but Duke is just has has a pedigree to him the guy has started NFL games um it's it's I think he was a must resign for them uh, largely for the value that he has with with Cody right I I I still think It's weird to say with how bad their O-line was. I do think they need to re-sign Brett Boyko at this point, who hasn't signed anywhere. And that's not even because Boyko is spectacular, but he's a Canadian offensive lineman. And you got to think, even with the ability they have to do things with the ratio, uh, they still need a couple Canucks there uh, defending Cody. So um, I do think Duke was 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 a massive re-signing, and I don't know if that guy was out. Because Kenny Lawler's not that guy. I'll tell you right now, I, there's nobody that's watched more Blue Bomber football than me uh, that at least does a podcast for a Saskatchewan team. Um, <laughs> that's a very short list of people. <laughs> I know, right? Um, you know, I, I watch every Ryder game, watch every Bomber game, and Kenny Lawler 
you know, was a sexy, shiny name, had a great year, you know, was Zach Caleros' guy. I would take Duke over him in a heartbeat, like in a like in a blink, in a heartbeat, no questions asked. Duke Williams is a better receiver than the guy that just got paid way too much in Kenny Lawler. And I think that that kind of carries us into the other conversation, which was that the, the receiver market has gone bonkers oh this year. And I, I really can't wrap my head around it, quite frankly. No. I was surprised when, you know, the tweet I put out when it was reported that uh, that uh, Kenny Lawler was offered the $300,000 offer from Edmonton. Because right. it, it seemed like him to BC was a slam dunk. And all of a sudden, this obviously, this big money offer from Edmonton came out. Which is and, so stupid. I don't get that. And if that's what he's actually getting, if that's what he's going to get at the end of the day, then, you know, good for him. And, of course, take it. But, I mean... I don't, I don't see, and, and this is, you know, it's no disrespect to any of the players and the, you know, you're, you're worth what you're worth on the open market for sure. I get all that. Yeah. But, and so again, never blame the player for taking the money. Never. I'm just amazed at basically every CFL team this year, the money that they threw at receivers. Well, and, and okay. And it's almost like the, the, the one-off anomaly that the opportunity that BC has this year <laughs> screwed up the receiver market. Cause I, I, I like what they're doing. Like, I don't, yeah, I do. cannot think in my life of a CFL team that has gone into a season with a guy on a rookie contract, you know, as your starter. Well, it's, it's so difficult to do. And at least one that you expect to be your starter because I mean, it's very much the NFL model right now, but yes. I mean, the NFL model is you draft the Joe Burrow and you make hell while he's on his rookie contract. <laughs> well, and, 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 and that, and that's exactly it. And you just don't see that in the CFL. So, I see why BC did it. I see uh, BC's logic was, okay, we're going to pay our quarterback 80 grand this year, but we're going to give him, we're going to give him lucky whitehead. We're going to pay out the ass for, for a one year deal for Kenny Lawler, knowing that it's a one year deal. We're going to go, we're going to sign guys. We're going to surround him with talent and we're going to give him the best chance to succeed that we can. I I mean, they haven't really upgraded their offensive line either, but I mean, you know. but I mean, they weren't, <laughs> their offensive line wasn't comically bad last year. No. It wasn't great, but it wasn't comically bad. But they basically went out and said, okay, we're going to give you some weapons and figure it out from there. We're going to support you the best way we can. And then to get to, to go double Canadian, I'm sure I'm sure Justin Dunk is, is, is all over the place. And, and I know even myself going double Canadian at quarterback. <laughs> and then, you know, a friend of a friend, Sean White, being added as a kicker. I'm like, okay, I might have a second favorite team this year. Um, but it's like that. That idea of like, okay, we're going to pay you really well for one year because our quarterbacks only make an 80 grand for a year. Here's a stupid offer. And then for Chris Jones, go full Chris Jones and up that. Like, he's not a good personnel man. He's a shitty human and a worse personnel man. And this is proof of it, that he's essentially made the receiver market stupid. I always thought that Duke Williams was going to sign for around 250. Only because I think you needed to pay him enough to not make him have the temptation to go on an NFL practice roster. Mm -hmm. So to me, Duke was always going to cost you between 250 and 300 because Duke is still good enough to me. He can be on somebody's practice roster. And for them to get him at 260 plus, you know, you know, he's going to show up at the Rokenville Sportsman Dinner and the Saskatoon Sports Celebrity Dinner and the Prince Albert Sports Celebrity Dinner with that under the table money. But neither here nor there to get him at 250 even after the $300,000 offer was out there is a big win for Jeremy O'Day but uh, you're right Joel like I don't like 
Brandon Banks in his prime didn't make 300 grand, and no. Kenny Lawler is not that receiver. He's going to be a giant bust in Edmonton. Now that I've said that, he's going to turn out <laughs> just fine because the Fraser curse is real. But I, I, I don't see him. I don't see him being being better than he was last year in Winnipeg because because that he was Zach Kolaris's guy. Mm-hmm. He managed to get open, but I thought him and Rashid Bailey were interchangeable through most of the year. Yeah, and I mean Edmonton. They don't really know who their quarterback is at this point, still. That as well. I like mean, at least, at least you know. Might release you know, Nick Arbuckle. Yeah, I mean, there's you can talk. We can talk about the merits of BC's plan all you want. Given their circumstance, I like what they're doing Absolutely. with their cap situation. Absolutely. So, but at least they have a plan. They know what they're doing, and they're going right. in all in on what they're doing. Right. Edmonton and Chris Jones. I still don't really know what the plan is, other than amassing a bunch of old guys. <laughs> other than winning the 2015 Grey Cup. Yeah. So, but that's Chris Jones to a yeah. T. Yeah, and th- and that's him being back in this league, and and, and I'm just I'm just glad that because that was when that 300 that, that number of 300 came out. I thought to myself like, oh shit, this is going to price Duke out of Saskatchewan. I thought that like if you're giving Kenny Lawler 300, Duke should be worth 350 400. Not that anybody will give him that, but no. to see him sign for a reported 250 260, so it's 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 a win for everybody. It's a win for O'Day. And I feel like Jeremy O'Day always knew that was coming. Yeah, I mean, you, you, Duke Williams, you know, there wasn't a lot. You know, throughout the tampering window period, you kind of hear who's talking to who. And, you know, there's a lot of names getting thrown around. And a lot of what happened on Tuesday was just confirmation of what we already knew was right. coming and the whole thing. And Duke Williams' name never really popped up anywhere. There wasn't no. any talk about him talking with anybody, not even the writers, like nobody. Like Duke Williams wasn't yep. on like the radar pretty much anywhere. So to me, that suggested, okay, the contract's probably basically already in the drawer. <laughs> which, which, right. <laughs> which which was funny, though, because he did tweet out last week and caused some panic in Rider Nation that, oh, I'll make my decision this week. Like, Well, yeah, obviously, well, everyone will. <laughs> well, yeah. I know. It was just funny, though, watching like the Echo Chamber, watching a bunch of Rider fans like kind of uh, – have a small meltdown over that, but uh, yeah, I, he's huge. He's a guy they need to get done because that's a different offense with him. I mean, and and I still think they need a line help, but but you said it earlier. Uh, you know, there I, was I, there wasn't a Stanley Bryant. There wasn't a guy on the market that you're like, you got to go get that guy to make this offensive line better. This isn't Brendan Labat in 2012 is suddenly a free agent. You, you know, Evan in Johnson 2011, two years ago. Yeah, he's fine. I don't think he's quite that level, but yeah, there is there wasn't there wasn't like that marquee offensive lineman on the market no. that you would be like, okay, they need to go sign. There, there's some names that probably could have helped, but there weren't guys that you were like, oh my god, they 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 need to open the you know they need to back the truck up and get this guy. Like right. that that just did not exist. And could there have been some names? Maybe yeah, maybe Jeremy O'Day was in on some of them, trying to sign them. Who knows? But regardless, you know, I think the O line is going to be what it is again. Um, you know, maybe a year under the belt, they'll be better. We'll kind of yeah. have to see what the draft brings. Let's hope. And then, you know, those have to go from, from there on that, basically, is where they're at. Right. And, well, and the other thing I find interesting, um, the amount of reaction today on social media about Isaac Harker signing in BC. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't think anybody's got anything to worry about. Like, no offense to Isaac Harker, but he's not one of those, like, backup quarterbacks you look at and go, oh my God, he's going to be great. Like he's he's the he's the he's the second. He's going to be a starter. He's going to be great. Yeah, he would have. 
he would have had to show more to, to this point. He wasn't, even if he does go on to be a pretty good quarterback in this league, he wasn't at a point in his career where he was going to surpass Cody Fajardo right now. Right. Even Cody Fajardo on kind of an eh year was not, you know, if Isaac Harker wasn't at least at that level, then there probably wasn't really a point in keeping him around at this point. No. And, no, it, and so whether, you know, whether the team decided to move on, they both decided to move on where the case may be, you know, I think for both sides, it probably make just made sense to part ways. Cause I mean, he's going to want to go look for, you know, a place like BC. It's a really good spot for him to say, Hey, you know, I bide my time. Maybe these two guys ahead of me, or at least one of them, we don't really know if O'Connor is going to end up being the backup or not, but right. we know that there's, you know, a lot of quarterback uncertainty here. I may have a chance to actually start some games here. So right. I, I don't necessarily disagree with the decision from his part. And you know, this is why they signed Mason Fine. They gave him a three-year deal. They yep. know that they wanted to develop this guy. And, you know, at the very least, they think the two of them are comparable. So there probably just wasn't really much point for either side, for many one, you know, for either side here for to keep Isaac Harker in Saskatchewan. No, absolutely. I'm going to throw one name out there that I've been scrolling through the list. And I know you're going to laugh because he was an Ottawa Red Black last year and nobody from the Red Black should be considering it good. But I would like to see the Riders in some way bring in Anthony Coombs. Coombs hasn't shown a lot in the CFL, but he was one of the most dominant players I ever watched at U Sports, right up there with Nick Dembski. Canadian, running back, like, I know you're probably going American at running back, 100% you're going American at running back, but it's just, it's one of those names I, I, I like, I'm scrolling through here that I would like to see them try to bring in a value contract. And of course a French Canadian fullback, because that's, that's, yeah. that, that, that's yeah. essential, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. I, I just don't know if a guy like Coombs really fits in the Jason Mazo system. Oh, I'm not talking as a starter. At yeah. all. I'm not, no, no, not even as a starter. I just, I, he doesn't, he doesn't strike me as a guy that he would use all that much. So really, I, I just, I, I'm always one for get more Canadians that you can, especially because I think, the riders to succeed are going to need to go three Americans on the offensive line. Like, I think you've got Johnson and Clark and that's about it. So I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think of like out of the box, like Canadian guys you can sign to hopefully do something to fill some of these spots. Cause oh, I, I, I mean, they, they regularly could have started more than the seven last year. Oh, a hundred percent. So they have the room to absorb it for sure. Right, which I, I I think they're I think they're going to need to do, but I I like Jeremy O'Day's free agency. Like you know we're we're talking a lot about it, and 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 I just think he's been he's been good. He sticks to the plan. He he hasn't got involved in the in the markets that have gotten stupid, and yeah, I I, I think Jeremy O'Day has a plan, uh, and. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are, are wondering, and even I wondered a bit, you know, saying that you should just spend as much as you can to try to host the Grey Cup, but I don't know. He seems to have re-signed the right guys, and I think after a couple days, the Riders are looking pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, again, this is this is the team that went to the West Final last year, so right. was a major overhaul required? Not really. No, and, and you, you, you look at it, you an look absolute like... juggernaut of a Winnipeg team. Yeah, and you, you gave them a pretty good fight for a while. So, I mean, right. if you look at, you know, Ottawa made the most moves because they had to. This is a yeah, team that sucked. has been in, you know, complete disarray for two years from doing absolutely nothing in terms of adding adding or acquiring talent. Right. So, I mean, they, they were starting from below zero. Yeah. So that's why that kind of happened. BC's in a scenario, too, where they, 
they need to add talent to try to get to that next spot. Edmonton, in theory, I guess, is there, but who really knows what they're doing at this point? Well, I, I, I think Edmonton. I, I, I'm Edmonton doesn't worry me. If I'm a ride as a Winnipeg fan, I, I look at Edmonton and just go, okay, great. You signed a bunch of old guys. You have Chris Jones in charge. You have a, a locker room that's already fragmented, and you have players out of there that are saying, hell no, I'm never signing here because of Chris Jones. Like, I. I don't know. They they don't worry me. The BC the BC experiment to me though, Joel, is so friggin' interesting. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one that really gets me. Like if Nathan Rourke can essentially be Cody Fajardo, yeah, how good is that team gonna be? There's definitely potential there, no question. Right? Like that's that to me is the wild card. Like I think I think Winnipeg is not going to be. They're going to be formidable. They're like they've brought back just about everybody except our boy Sergio because our boy Sergio is going to sign in the NFL, and I'll probably end up taking him first overall in one of my fantasy drafts next year because you know it's yeah. on brand. The, and, the the only thing I'll say about Winnipeg is the other shoe does have to drop eventually. Like they they get old eventually. Yeah, and they're on paper probably going to be great cup favorites. Maybe coming to the season again, deserved. But eventually injuries, bad luck, something is going to pile up against them, and it's just not going to work. Well, they shouldn't have won that. They shouldn't have won the Grey Cup. Like it shouldn't have happened. It was all Sergio. And if it wasn't for Sergio, they don't win the Grey Cup. And yeah, I Sergio, mean that's that's the hill we're going to die on. Still, is that he should have been the MOP of that game. And and when we have him on this podcast, which is still in the works, mm-hmm. we're going to die on that hill with him. Yeah. Did you know? Did you see? A, and I'm glad you sent me that video because PA <laughs> announcing too. Because like that's just like that's my boy. That's that's Speak. like. High energy PA announcing, introducing a soccer team. Boom! That's was that an voice. indoor soccer team? Like, was he inside an arena? It kind of looked like he was. Yeah, actually. I'm very fascinated as to what this league is. We need to learn more. Okay, when we have Sergio on, we ask him about it. Mm-hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.